Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Each week when we gather, we confess this reality about Jesus Christ. At the beginning of the second article of the Creed, we state this confession about Jesus. We confess this about his incarnation, his conception, and the beginning of his life, because we know that Jesus is unlike anything else we would ever encounter or experience. Jesus is a man, but he's not like any other man because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, which means he is the Son of God and therefore is God. But he's not like his Father or the Holy Spirit because he was born of the Virgin Mary, which means his flesh and blood is human flesh and blood like yours and mine. He is, as we confess on Trinity Sunday in the longer explanation of the Athanasian Creed, at the same time both God and man. He is God begotten from the substance of the Father before all ages, and he is man born of the substance of his mother in this age. Perfect God and perfect man, composed of a rational soul and human flesh, equal to the Father with respect to his divinity, less than the Father with respect to his humanity. Although he is God and man, he is not two, but one Christ. One, however, not by the conversion of the divinity into flesh, but by the assumption of the humanity into God. One altogether, not by confusion of the substance, but by the unity of the person. For as the rational soul and flesh is one man, so God and man is one Christ. This is who Jesus is. And when we confess that we believe that Jesus Christ, our Lord, this is who we confess him to be, God and man together, Son of God the Father and Son of the Virgin Mary. Furthermore, we believe that it is absolutely necessary to confess this and believe this about Jesus in order to be saved. So if we believe that confessing this reality of Jesus is necessary for salvation, we should take time to consider just what that means for you and me. First, we must acknowledge that this teaching about Jesus is a matter of faith. It's laid out for us in Scripture, but it's one that we can never fully understand or explain. And so we can only believe it. And we can only believe it because the Holy Spirit places faith inside of you that allows you to believe this about Jesus. Our own rational minds and logical reason cannot explain how God can unite himself to man, the creator and the created becoming one, and yet, this is what happens. In the Catechism, we learn about this teaching as the two natures of Christ. But if you want to be really fancy at your family Christmas party, you should refer to it as the hypostatic union. That can be your 50-cent term for the day or your gas station TV word of the day. You can say to somebody, next Saturday I'm going to church to celebrate the hypostatic union becoming visible in front of us. And they'll have no idea what you're talking about. But it's this. It's Jesus is 100% God and 100% man, both at the same time. You cannot separate one from the other. They are both always there. 
and one never diminishes the other. And we need to understand Jesus this way because this is the way Scripture reveals us, reveals him to us. We heard it in the gospel lesson for today when we read that the angel told Jason, came to Joseph to explain to him what had happened to Mary. The angel said, Do not fear to take Mary to be your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Jesus calls God his father and calls Mary his mother. And so he is boy, both of them joined together. And this means he's joined together without sin to be his own person. Scripture reveals it, so we believe it. We cannot explain it, but faith allows us to believe it to be true. And so because this is an article of faith, are we allowed to ask questions about it? Sure we are. We can and we should do this. This is part of what it means to grow in our Christian life. God gives us the ability to reason and think about what he reveals to us so that we can understand why it matters that he has revealed it to us. And this is the part of believing in Jesus as God and man that we are to meditate upon. Why does God take on human flesh in the first place? What kind of comfort can that actually bring to you in a world afflicted by pain and sorrow and sin? Because if the Son of God, also being the Son of Man, does not address those questions about our very real lives in this real world, then the celebration of the birth of our Savior can't bring the hope it promises to, live, to deliver. The birth of Jesus does bring hope and healing because it teaches us this. The Son of God embraced humanity with such love that he chooses to unite himself with a human body from the point of conception so that he can make our body his own. God loved the world so much, he loved you so much, that he left his, humanly, or his heavenly kingdom and took on human flesh so that living as we live, he could bring us to be in heaven with him. One person has put it this way that the conception of Jesus took what the world could not contain, which is God himself, and placed it in the womb of his mother. And he did this out of love for you. This can bring all kinds of hope and healing into our lives because it shows us that when God sees the sin of the world, the sin committed by those who've come before us and the sin that we have committed since, God does not look at that sin and turn his back on us and leave us to the consequences we deserve. No. He could have done that, and rightly so, because he is holy, without sin, and we are not. But he did not turn his back on his people and on his creation. He took on flesh and then, without sin, endured all that we normally face, the struggles of life, the pangs of hunger, the sorrow of grief, the exhaustion of a day's work, all of these things he experienced so that he could save you from it. By being conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, Jesus is able to declare your entire life from conception through death to be holy. He is able to bring salvation to all humanity, no matter how young or how old they might be, because his life covers the expanse of ours life, and his life is perfect 
to save us from the sin we have done. This is the comfort that the Incarnation brings for you, that because he makes our lives holy, forgiveness, life, and salvation can also be delivered to you at any point in your life from conception through death. He is able to offer hope to any who grieve because his promise is that he has come to give life to all people. No man could have been able to do this, because as the Bible teaches us, we have all sinned and fallen, sh fallen short of the glory of God. And by living a perfect life, a life complete without sin, is something that no man could ever do. And so God stepped in to do it for us. By taking on human flesh, by being 100% man, he could do the work that would allow us to live in his presence in the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. God in our flesh was able to live, die, and rise again so that we could live, die, and rise again with him. God had to do this in human flesh because to do it without human flesh would be to not do it at all. God doing it without the human nature would be to do something that no one would able to have access to do. He made right what we have done wrong, and he understands the challenges we face and the sorrows we encounter, all because he loves you in this world. And because he did this, because he knows the pain and the sorrow, he is able to hear your prayer and promise that he understands what you have said. He has been in your place. He knows your struggle. He's resisted the temptation when you could not, so that you could come to him and lay your burdens at his feet, so that you could hear him say, come to me all who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He has promised to hear those prayers and respond with the rest that only he can give because only he has earned it for you. So this is what we meditate upon when we think about the two natures of Christ or the hypostatic union or the confession that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. We think about what it actually means in a very real way for us that God has come to be with his people. To know what it means when the angel says to Joseph, his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. When we confess Christ in our creeds, when we celebrate Jesus this Christmas, when we call out to God in prayer, when we find hope in the promise of the resurrection, the life of the dead, and the life of the world to come, this is what we are able to experience and rejoice in having, that God is with us. He does not stay away from the people he loves. He does not turn his back in disappointment toward you. He will not leave you in your struggle, temptation, or sorrow in this world to try and figure it out on your own. No. God, the Heavenly Father, loved you, and so he was born of the Virgin so that he could be with you. He took on human flesh to be with you. And he did this because our God is Emmanuel, God with us, and nothing can separate us from him. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.